This is Author Talk, presented by Author House, the leading provider of services to help authors publish, promote, and sell their books around the world. Author Talk is a show about new books and the authors who wrote them. It's an opportunity for prospective readers to hear directly from the writers, to hear what inspired them to write and publish, and to hear all the inside details about their books. Here is Author Talk with host Steve Jorgensen. The title of the book, 101 Ways to Please a Woman, The Smart Man's Guide. And the author is Lenore Batista, and Lenore joins us now on Author Talk. Hello, Lenore. Hi, how are you? I feel like I'm smarter. I read a little of your book, and now I feel like I'm smarter. So you really helped me. <laughs> so everybody needs to take heart. You know, there, oh, glad. <laughs> there, there is hope for all of us, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so maybe it's just the obvious, but, I, you know, why write this book? Well, um, it, I guess it could be kind of obvious, but for me it was. Um, I've spent a lot of years traveling, working, and in different fields, in the arts, and dance, and music, and um, my last thing that, that kind of inspired this book was I was working as a trainer in New York City, a, a personal trainer, and I was, you know, at a really, really busy gym, and while I was training my clients, I would hear all these crazy stories from people around me, uh, you know, because you're in close proximity to people, and they talk a lot at the gym, and this was a woman's gym, and so I would be hearing these stories, and I would just be going, oh my gosh, what's wrong with these people? How come they don't, you know, how could they not possibly know this about their man? And, you know, how could they get themselves into these horrible messes? <laughs> and so I was like, somebody needs to write a book about this stuff. And then, um, you know, the idea evolved into, well, there are enough, you know, male bashing, women bashing books out there. How about if we, you know, bridge that gender gap by writing something that can actually help the nice guys of the world? And so that's how that idea was born. And then I, uh, I kind of made my list, and it was about 150 things, and I narrowed it down. And then I um, emailed all the women that I know, and I also joined a whole bunch of these uh, forums and, you know, chat rooms online and asked people for their top 50 and their top 20 things that they love for their man or a man that they would like to do for them and to them. And surprisingly, the top 20 answers were almost the same on so many of these um, responses. And I got overwhelming responses. So it really, really inspired me to finish and fill in those gaps, you know, and, and get this book done. And that's kind of how it started. How old are you? <laughs> <laughs> hey, a woman never tells her age. <laughs> okay. Well, I was just wondering how experienced you are in this field. Well, let's just say I, I um, am not in my 20s, but I've, I've traveled a lot. I've met women from all different ages. I have friends that range from their late 20s to their 50s. And um, I can tell you women everywhere are, are pretty similar in the things that they want. So we're talking about just a human thing here. It isn't so much yeah, it's pretty uh, much a human age. thing. And I think it's not men, about age. I think or... men also want the same thing. Right. It's just that they think totally differently than women, and they have no clue sometimes. Right. Well, we've all heard that many, many, and we're tired of hearing <laughs> that, right? We're just tired of hearing men and women aren't the same. Well, we know that. We know that. Well, I'm kind of curious. Uh, you said you, you know, you had the top twenty. We're not going to go through the top twenty. But what were the first top, you know, two or three that were pretty much the same from all women? What was like? Was there a number one? Well, I would say I would say something I heard a lot from women who weren't necessarily in happy relationships was, you know, I just wish a guy would be honest about what he wants. You know, so I actually made that my number one thing in the book. That, you know, if you, if you start something with honesty, you have a chance at actually uh, being successful because you're meeting someone who knows the real you. And it's not something that men are guilty of alone. I think everyone can be guilty of that, of presenting themselves in sure. a way that yeah. is not authentically who they are. Right. Just, to, just to get the person. A lot know? of times people uh, are kind of uh, embarrassed about being honest. Yeah. I don't know why, but like a lot they of can't. They've got to portray themselves as bigger than they are, you know, of, right. of, of more important or have more money or I don't know, more education. All the goes on yeah. and on, right? Whatever it is that they're hung up yeah. on, you know? right? 
Try to impress. So that became my number one thing. Another thing that I heard a lot was, um, I wish he would. I wish he would help a little bit around the house for married people. You know, so that's in there somewhere under under uh, something sweet to do and something. You know, it's like it's full of little basic things. But now that you know that women actually like these things. You know, maybe you'll use them more. <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely. That that uh, helping around the house more is. I think that's a trained by mom. You know, some <laughs> some uh, you know men grow up with a mom that did everything. They thought they think that's the way it is everywhere. Right. Because I do. I see that. I you know I've I've, I've seen that. I, and you go, and then you kind of look where the guy came from, and you see it. Right. That's true. So that's a hard one. That's a that's that could a, definitely be habitual. Yeah, you know? but a, I guess if you don't know, like you said, if you don't know because it wasn't part of your upbringing, then someone needs to tell you. But now this book tells you, so there's no woman that has to tell you. Right, right. <laughs> you know, some of these are so obvious, but but there's and they're really what we're talking about here are true principles, aren't we, of relationships? Yeah, that's what that's what um I've been hearing a lot from people that they like that it's. Very basic stuff, but hearing it again kind of makes them say, "Oh yeah, you know what? I didn't do that, or I did do that, or I do do that, or right. he does that." You know, and so it's like a nice reminder, and it's um, it's actual things that women have told me that you know this is important to me, and this is you know this is what I like, and and I'm a woman too, so I know what women like. Um, so it, it is basic. There's a lot of stuff in there that isn't so basic. You know, when it gets past the basics in the book and the fundamentals of a good foundation, um, there's other little th- things that they're like quirks that women may have that men don't necessarily think that way, you know. And so it might be something for them to try. It's not all like scientific or anything, but it's, it's um, things that you may want to use if you need an idea, you know, for how to, how to uh, keep your woman happy. I think but every woman is an individual, so. You know, you have to see what works for her. I mean, one of these basics, it seems so obvious, but a lot of men, I think, after, you know, after they've been uh, married for a little bit, or maybe the day after, they forget about being clean and neat. <laughs> right? <laughs> they, all want the, they all want the woman to look beautiful, <laughs> of course. Right. You know, I mean, you know, that, that's mandatory. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's that's something I pointed out a lot in the book that, you know, there are a lot of pressures on women to be beautiful in society. You know, society in general is obsessed with, you know, beauty and thinness and all these other things, and a lot of that pressure falls on women alone. Definitely. And so oftentimes you'll see a beautiful woman walking with a very average-looking guy, you know, but... Often you, you never see the reverse of that. You never see a, a gorgeous hunk walking with a very average-looking kind of dumpy woman. And so guys really need to um, appreciate who they're with. That was the point of me, you know, focusing on that issue so much. It was, you know, this is a woman. She, she's into you. So really, if you take care of her, you'll be really happy, you know, and, it, and it's not that hard to take care of her. Be a perfect gentleman, you say. <laughs> That is uh, obvious, you know, again, but it's, it's something that is so important. I, I know my wife has trained me well to always open the door for her. <laughs> yeah, those little things make a woman's uh, stomach feel like it has butterflies sometimes if it's done by the, the man she's interested in. Right, just to open and the door, to open the car door. Do it it right. could make those butterflies go away. Right. So a lot of your, you know, again, it's the obvious, but again, it's it's hearing it in a different way, reading it in a different way of you're expressing it and you're from your own point of view. And so it kind of solidifies these true principles of relationships. Yeah, I tried to do it in as friendly a voice as possible because no one likes to be lectured, and, and I did, you know, I'm not a doctor of, of uh, relationships, so I didn't want it to be scientific or technical when it's, it's just basic. You know, we're just two human beings trying to figure each other out. You say she's your equal doesn't mean she wants to be the man. Yeah. We have, you know, modern women. We're not living in the Stone Age anymore, so women work. Women pay their own bills. They don't really need a man in the traditional sense that they might have 
needed one a hundred years ago. But that doesn't mean that we don't want men in our lives. You know, it doesn't mean that she wants to be the man and the woman in the relationship. You know what I mean? Some people are confused about about um, their place in in a relationship. If a woman doesn't need you for your money or your um, you know your your strength or whatever, what does she need you for? You know, she still wants a partner, a companion, and that masculine energy that women love. Here's another one which again seems so obvious and yet it can be so easy to forget. Give her your undivided attention. Yeah, that uh, I see a lot of people get in trouble for that one. And I got that one on my list quite often, um, the list that I got back from people. And so uh, I think that's really important. And um, I don't know, being a woman, if I notice it more because I'm a woman, but uh, it seems that women give their men more attention than men give their women sometimes. And so I just wanted to point that out. It's important if you're with someone, let them feel like you're with them, you know, not with everybody else that's around you. That kind of uh, goes in with some other ones that you mentioned here. Be committed to her. Listen. I mean, these yeah. are these are the kinds of things that focus on her, you're saying. Right. It has to be, you know, a, a really tight bond between two people involved, um, really knowing each other and and loving each other and understanding each other, you know, that respect that comes from really knowing someone. And the only way you're going to really get to know them is if you give them your quality time, which means you have to do these things. You have to focus. You have to listen. You have to, you know, give her your attention so she knows that you're interested in her. And it seems really basic, but it messes a lot of people up because they don't do those things. I think the biggest challenge for men is they know these things in the business world or in their hobbies or, you know, sports or whatever. They realize how focused you have to be, but right. it, it sometimes they just lose it somewhere. I don't know. where. where we, how do we lose that? How do we <laughs> not make the connection there? I, I, I don't you know, know but because, because you're before right. you're married, uh, obviously you're real focused. You know, when you found this... Your, you know, your future wife, and you're all excited, and you feel so many different things, and you get married, and then life gets into its regular, often uh, daily, mundane kind of things you go through. I, I don't know what it is, but it, it, it maybe it's because it's the, uh, what's that, the fil- familiarity? Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's easy, to, it's easy to take what you have for granted, but you wouldn't slack off like that at your job you know, because you're paying attention to what needs to get done. So in a different way, but with a similar intention, you have to pay attention to your relationship and your mate. You asked this question in one of your uh, chapters, is she on your mind? Talk about that. Well, um, again, that goes to, you know, what, what are your priorities? Is this somebody that you're just going through the motions with, or is this somebody that really, um, takes up a big part of of your thinking and your goals and your dreams and you know is this someone that you're happy with and if so then let her know because life is too short to waste it you know taking things for granted here's another question you asked which is real important in a relationship do you really trust her yeah and i kind of took it lightly with i think an example of you know loan her your car if you really trust her <laughs> because <laughs> cars are usually really important to to men you know, they're into their, their machines and their toys and stuff. But, yeah, how much do you really trust her? Would you trust her with the things that are really important to you? And, um, you know, that would go a long way with showing her how important she is to you. If she knows how important that thing is to you, then you trust her with that, then, you know, then you're good. And are diamonds really girl a, a girl's best friend? Well, <laughs> <laughs> Where I don't that, know. I mean, you uh, know, that, that, pretty glittery jewels—they're <laughs> really, really nice to get. You know, it's kind of like I don't know, whatever, whatever that equates to for a man it could be a car, it could be you know a business deal, it could be I don't know. But yes, uh, that was a marketing pretty, campaign by De Beers. That's all it was. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty, um, you know, pretty glittery bling does make you feel like wow. I'd like that. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, so those really do count in in uh, very uh, in spe- for special events. Yeah, it does, and it, I don't think it has to be you know in a materialistic way. Obviously, you know you have to be practical in, in an economy where everyone is not rich and you know life, real life. But just the idea of someone thinking of you enough to get you something beautiful to wear around your neck or on your wrist or you know it's just. It just makes you feel good. And how important is humor? Humor is very important. That's probably one of the biggest challenges for a man. It makes your endorphins release, and that makes you feel good. And if your man can do that for you, then you're going to have a really good relationship because you're going to want to be around somebody who makes you feel good. Well, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, Any concluding thoughts, Lenore? Um, I guess my my biggest goal with this is to kind of help the good guys out there because we hear a lot of things about, you know, men and women are so different, they'll never get along and blah, blah, blah. You have to be something totally other than what you are in order to succeed, which is totally, uh, it just doesn't make sense to me. And so I wanted to do something that says, you know, love is great and we obviously love each other. So let's find a way to, to get to know each other and understand each other rather than, you know, but heads and just end up with these horrible statistics and failing relationships. And that was really the aim of the book. And, you know, I just, I just want everyone to love each other <laughs> well, and get along and have happy, fulfilled relationships. And if you do all these things, romance will take care of itself, right? I think so. If you're with the right person and you make the right kind of effort, you know, I think, you, I think you're on the right path to be really happy and make that other person happy. Lenore, do you have a website? Yes, www.lenore, L-E-N-A-U-R-E, Batista, B-A-T-I-S-T-A, dot com. And we can order the book there? You can. And I'm sure we can get it from Author House. Yeah, you can get it from Author House, and you can get it from all the major retailers, Barnes & Noble, Target, and every other bookstore out there. Well, we want to thank you, Lenore, for being on Author Talk. Thank you so much for having me. It was really fun. That was Lenore Batista. She is the author of her book, 101 Ways to Please a Woman, The Smart Man's Guide. You're listening to Author Talk. We'll be back right after these messages. They flourish on a secluded farm 3,500 feet above sea level in Hinotega, Nicaragua. These coffee beans grow in the shade of hardwood trees and banana plants, thriving in the rich, organic soil. Shade-grown coffee grown at higher elevation has a better quality. There are two benefits, a slower growing cycle for the plants that allows time for the sugars in the bean to mature, and the natural composting from the nitrogen-producing canopy. And now you can order this international gourmet coffee online at NicaraguasBestCoffee.com. Order 12-ounce and 16-ounce bags or save with a discounted price by ordering in large quantities. Three different coffee beans available, Arabica, Marigold Gaipe, and Green Oro. Prepare to enjoy the richness and the soothing flavor of some of the best-tasting coffee in the world. Order online at NicaraguasBestCoffee.com and enjoy Central American flavor, aroma, and richness of Nicaragua's Best Coffee. It's the chance for you to hear firsthand from authors on why they write their books in their own words. It's called iUniverse Radio, hosted by Steve Jorgensen every Saturday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 3 Central on TogiNet Radio. iUniverse Radio is brought to you by iUniverse, the leading book marketing, editorial services, and supported self-publishing company. iUniverse Radio, every Saturday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 3 Central on TogiNet Radio. Radio with a cutting edge. Sending a heartfelt message is one of the best ways to touch someone, to touch the heart. But it's easy to forget birthdays, anniversaries, and other special occasions. Imagine how many lives you would touch if it was easy to send those heartfelt messages. Send Out Cards provides a way for you to send a personalized greeting card to a friend, loved one, or business associate in less than 60 seconds from the convenience of your computer. You can even add a gift or gift card. Send Out Cards is about helping people reach out to those around them. It's amazing what a simple message can do. Send Out Cards helps you act on your promptings to reach out and change lives. Show host Michelle Bateman has learned through personal experience what it means to be an eagle by always working to be your best self. 
Please join our conversation on Send Out Cards Radio with Michelle Bateman to learn what it means to be an eagle on toginet.com. Radio with a cutting edge. Welcome back to Author Talk, brought to you by Author House. Helping authors publish, promote, and sell their books around the world. The title of the book, The Beginning of People's Chicken. And the author is Delina Dethridge, and Delina joins us now on Author Talk. Hello, Delina. Hello. Well, this is a children's book. It's kind of about the farm, and but it also comes from a personal experience. It's the story of Mr. Peoples. Well, yes, in the beginning, he was just Peoples. Peoples. Okay, mm-hmm. well, well, tell us before we get into the details on the story of... Just give us some uh, reasons why you did this, why you wrote the book. Well, this little chicken was uh, just so different, and uh, I had never, you know, um, thought a little chicken could become a pet, but he did. And uh, I was telling my sisters on one of my vacations to California about this little chicken and uh, as I told them the story, um, they they said, wow, oh, you know, and really. And so when I came to the end of the story that I was telling them, my uh, younger sister says, hey, sis, you should write a children's book. And I said, you think? And she said, yeah, that's a great story. Children would love that story. And so I thought about it, and so then I started writing down stuff that, you know, I thought children would like, and uh, over a period of time, this book was really way too long, you know? So I thought, I can't do this. This this book is just going to take too many pages, and it's going to be a great big book. So... Then I decided, well, I'll introduce this little chicken just a little bit at a time. So that's what I started doing then. I decided, okay, I'm just going to tell about the beginning of people's chicken. And then from there, I'll write more stories, if possible. And that's what I did. Well, it's a a cute story, and it's based on a real-life experience. What, you know, how could you get any better than that? Well, of course. <laughs> so, so this little chicken, uh, this little chick, uh, comes into the world uh, and kind of uh, is a curious and kind of. Uh, I mean, you're you're you personified him, right? Right, and and each story is um, from his own perspective, and it's like he's telling you the story about himself. So, 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 how long did uh, Peoples live? Uh, six years. Six years. Mm-hmm. And and uh, the little the little guy grew into a full grown rooster. Yes, he did. A beautiful full grown rooster. I mean, I I think of a rooster with all the reddish colors and that kind of a rooster. Uh, that really pretty. Well, he he was a game rooster. And so he was very, very colorful. There are different uh, types and uh, different colors, and but he was one of those that had the the beautiful golden uh, neck feathers, and um, he had the turquoise-looking feathers on his tail and his wings, and uh, just really pretty. And I don't really. Um, I think he's called a red. Okay. But I'm not really sure. Now, why did you call him Peoples? Well, because the little thing, uh, he didn't know he was a chicken. <laughs> uh, he had a mishap very early uh, in his in his life. He went away from his mother. Uh, like, he walked away from his um, mother and her chicks. And uh, then he got lost, I guess, because the thing is, is instead of finding his mother, he went up to another hen, and they don't, uh, you know, they don't take in orphans, as 
per se, but the thing is, is um, he had a mishap with this little hen, and uh, she didn't want him in her uh, family, so um, he had a mishap, and uh, he wasn't able to see, and uh, so uh, my son uh, saw him, you know, wandering around, peeping, 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 and he picked him up, and uh, he his eyes was closed. Come to find out, he couldn't see. Well, he got some dirt in his eyes or something that caused him not to be able to see? Uh, right, right. And uh, can I say this on, on this radio, and you can edit out if you don't want. Go ahead. Actually, actually what happened was Mrs. Red, and uh, that was the name of another hen, um, because <clears throat> my son had a tendency to name his chickens. Mrs. Red pecked this little chick, mm. and his little eyes went back into his head. Mm-mm. Yeah, that's what really happened. But I couldn't put that in the children's story. Right. So I just said he got dirt in his eyes and couldn't see. So anyway... So you uh, had to nurse him back to health. Right, right. Brought him in, made him a little box, peep, peep to him, cluck, cluck to him, you know, and uh, handled him, fed him. And uh, two weeks later, <laughs> got up one morning, and there was his little eyes just blinking like mad, you know. He was blinking those eyes and looking around, and then my son started his morning ritual with him, like cluck, 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 you know, and whatever. I guess he thought that was his mama <laughs> or his daddy. <laughs> 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 so anyway... So anyway, well, well, he's 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 back to health, right? So take him back out to introduce him to his mother. Well, he'd been gone for her, from her for two weeks. Well, she rejected him. So what else could we do but bring him back into the house, right? That's, <laughs> that's what we did. And so anyhow, then we tried to reintroduce him uh, outside, you know. And he liked it outside, but we... Uh, my son had built a special box for him. And so he would take the box, uh, the whole box and, and everything outside, right? And he would hop out of the box, and, and, but he would stay close to the box. And then I guess he didn't realize uh, chickens were, you know, where he came from. But he saw the chickens, or one get close, he'd run, jump back in the box. <laughs> and uh, he, didn't, he didn't like... Uh, he didn't like being out of his box around the chickens. It was like he was hiding from them. Well, and that bad experience of being mm-hmm. pecked. You yeah. Know, he didn't uh-huh. want that to happen again. Exactly. And so slowly, slowly, uh, uh, as he got a little bigger and he was big enough to, like, roost, uh, my son would take him in the evening and put him in the tree. And uh, he was okay with that. And he roosted in the tree, but... The next morning, bright and early, you could hear him peck on the door. <laughs> he went back in the house, <laughs> and so he—he he was a, he just you know that was the way he was. He wanted in the house. He, he wanted, wanted to, back around his papa, his yeah, daddy, his family. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? That's, uh, that's really something. I mean, he would hop up on the chair. Oh, and you know, he just. Climb up my son's arm, sat on his shoulder, uh, you know, and, and they would talk to one another, and uh, uh, he just thought he was a person. And one day I said, you know what, this chicken don't even know he's a chicken. He thinks he's a people. So we started calling him people, and that's how he got his name. Well, that makes sense. And then uh, later on in life, uh, later on in his life, uh, when he began to come into himself then and prove himself as a chicken, then we named him Mr. People. <laughs> Mr. And there's People. a book about that, too. All right. Yeah. And you basically, I guess, used your son, uh, his, his relationship. He's Farmer Ted. Right. He is Farmer Ted. Yes, he is. He is Farmer Ted. Well, that's great. 
So that makes all the that makes sense of the whole story now. Uh-huh. So it's a it's a very uh, cute story. Kind of reminds me when I was a kid, I had a raccoon for a while. So I kind of can you know do. <laughs> hey, you know what? We have a raccoon running around here right now. <laughs> right now. <laughs> That's incredible, though, because th- this raccoon thought it was part of the family until they got too big, and then, of course, eventually he went back into the wild. But yeah, they're, they're, that's a lot of fun, and and uh, kids will really enjoy this story because of all the little different things that you have uh, people doing, Mister People. Uh, as he, of course, he's growing up, and I guess so. As he grows up and he becomes a, a full-grown rooster, and then there's all these adventures, I guess, from a little chick to a full-grown rooster. Exactly. I mean, he even went to school for show and tell, and that's the next book. And this was before he. Uh, um, uh, this was after you know he was able to see, and before he was reintroduced uh, to the outside, you know. And so he goes to school, and he spends a day at school. So that's what the next book's going to be about, his day at school. And in my books, I want to try to show uh, compassion, love, you know, concern, and not all this violence, fighting, and that kind of stuff, you know, that's so prominent in on TV and, and, you know, and in books and on the computer and all that stuff, you know. seems like the children have lost um, their, have lost the um, understanding. and, and They lose their innocence so much earlier now. Exactly, that's it. Their innocence, you know. And uh, they're, they're, just not aware of the dangers in life at a young age, you know. And it just seems like a lot of that's gone now. Well, and you have Farmer Ted really showing a lot of compassion as he takes care of this uh, little chick and nurses him and then, uh, you know, doing all the things that you did and your son did with him. Yes, uh-huh. And uh, I want him to be able to... Uh, understand it's okay to be curious, you know, but also want them to feel the security and love that should come in life, you know, um, in in everyday life. And so anyhow, I hope that they do understand that and can see that in these little books, you know. I hope they enjoy the book and, and they join along as we proceed down the road uh, of life. From the perspective of people's chicken. And how do we get your book, Delina? Well, you can uh, order it from ArthurHouse.com. It's in Barnes & Noble, uh, Amazon.com. And there are some um, bookstores um, around the state of Oklahoma that uh, is going to uh, put it in their stores. But uh, for the most part, uh, also, uh, I also have a website. It's called um, peopleschicken.com. That's peoples with an S? Yes, sir. Capital P and then capital C on the chicken.com. Peopleschicken.com. But Arthur House, Amazon.com, and Barnes & Noble, they have it. Well, we appreciate you being on Author Talk and sharing Mr. Peoples with us. Yes. Thank you. It's my pleasure. That was Delina Dethridge. She is the author of her children's book, The Beginning of People's Chicken. You're listening to Author Talk. We'll be back right after these messages. Maybe if I write a book, it will be the thing that keeps me alive. Those are the troubled words of a new 16-year-old author with her first thought-provoking book, What Gives? Published by Togi Entertainment. The author kept a diary during her dark teenage times, which turned into a 360-page suicide note with a happy ending. Texas Monthly describes teen author Chelsea Marie and her new book, What Gives? in this provocative way. We've plunged from page to page, not because of the young diarist's despondency, 
Depression is not especially attractive or compelling, but because we are fascinated to see that while she is fending off demons on one hand, she is writing verse with the other. What Gives is available at whatgivesbook.com and national bookstores. Readers of What Gives are giving rave reviews. All social scientists, teachers, and students should use this book as a learning tool. What Gives is available at whatgivesbook.com and national bookstores. The American Rock and Roll Countdown with Alex Price. So where were you in the 1970s? Well, this Saturday morning, we're going to flash back to the 70s as we count down the classic hits with the American Rock and Roll Countdown. You'll hear news and information and stories about the artist and what was going on during the specific week that we highlight. So be sure to join us at 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time this Saturday on Toginet for the American Rock and Roll Countdown. The American Rock and Roll Countdown on Toginet. He's a diehard American. He's right, and he has the last name to prove it. He's Jason Wright, the host of The Right Side of the Aisle on TogiNet Radio. Jason is a father and self-made entrepreneur who turned a struggling East Texas real estate firm into a top-notch million-dollar company. Jason Wright loves America and is very concerned about where we are headed as a nation. He's dedicated to traditional American values. Jason Wright. Join us every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern for The Right Side of the Aisle on TogiNet.com. Welcome back to Author Talk. Brought to you by Author House. Helping authors publish, promote, and sell their books around the world. The title of the book, Touching Widows. And the author is W.L. Samuel. And W.L. joins us now on iUniverse Radio. Hello. Hi. Good to have you on the show. Now, Touching Widows, we really don't uh, get much understanding from the title and that's what probably makes this book so intriguing, and it is intriguing. Before we get into the details, why did you write this kind of a book? Let me start by saying um, there, there are a lot of women out there who have lost their husbands in one tragic situation or another. May it be natural causes or by some form of tragedy, and... I just wanted to reach out to them and let them know that there's hope. There are going to be tribulations in life, but there's always hope is what you're trying to tell them. Exactly. So we go through four different uh, little, I guess they're each short stories within the book, would you say? Yes, there are four short stories, but it intertwines with um, the main character, Bishop. The main character, Bishop. Now, tell us about Bishop. Well, Bishop, Bishop is an angel, and he's sent down to our world, and um, pretty much restoring the faith of the widows who are all, you know, believers in God, but because of their loss, um, believing that why did God do this to them, and why are they suffering, and then, you know, evidently losing faith. So each story is an example of how he helps these widows to restore their faith in God and to move on with their lives. Exactly, exactly. So the first story involves Andrea, and Andrea, well, tell us about Andrea and, and what has happened in her life. And how she meets Bishop. Well, Andrea was happily married, and she lost her husband um, to a, the tragedy of, of, of a robbery um, one night on their way home from a party. And um, the robbers were first-timers and were nervous, so they had an accidental discharge of the firearms, and that how, that's how that happened. And... It stems from the recession right after the world trade trade bombing and, and the soldiers going out going off into the war and they felt that they needed to do that. But Andrea met Bishop while she was on her annual visit to the cemetery 
um, her husband Glenn, and she 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 sort of be, became um, like an introvert. Um, she stayed in her house all the time, didn't see any friends. She even she as a matter of fact, she only went out of her house once a month, and that's just to do her banking and her shopping. She lived a very lonely and pathetic life until she met Bishop, who restored her faith. Without giving everything away, uh, how did he do that? Well, he showed her, or gave her a glimpse of um, pretty much showing her that God exists, and God is still with her. And um, I don't want to exactly like give it away, as you sure. said, but um, did he, she accept it uh, right away? Was it uh, something that she yes, struggled with, or the reason why it's called touching widows? Because by the touch, he absorbed the pain that she was feeling, and pretty much took away her pain took away her loneliness and um, took away her guilt and everything else. So she trusted him right away? Yes. Well, not immediately, but as the story goes along, yes. Was she a bit apprehensive uh, with uh, realizing that he is an angel? He actually is a stranger.
by W.L. Samuels. We appreciate you being on Author Talk. And I'm glad this interview was here. Thank you very much. That was W.L. Samuel. He is the author of his book, Touching Widows. <laughs>